Hey everyone, welcome to Jams, the podcast where I convince a friend to chat about an album of their choosing. The person I've swindled into coming in this week is none other than my pal, Cal. Cal and I chat about one of the most influential bands in regards to genre bending and sampling, The Avalanches, more specifically their 2016 album, Wildflower. We get into Cal's love for the album, how this album took 16 years to complete, along with some top tier comedy, you know, the good stuff. Anyway, let's cut to myself and Cal talking about Wildflower. Cool. All right. How you going, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. That's all right. Thank you. You're my fourth guest on Jams. A great honor to be here. That's what and say in the, the big smoke. The big, you know, just a country no. boy. Keen to be here. Yeah. To talk about some music. Talk about the music because we met studying audio together. Indeed. Yep. 2019. Wow. Music and sound design. Yep. Now three years ago. Wow. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago, eh? No, it like, doesn't, to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. I still remember it pretty clearly. But mm. obviously, I I, I finished up after a year and you yeah. continued on. Mm-hmm. I had no friends at that point. I was It was four of us and then three of you all dipped. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was weird, <laughs> hey? Weird times. Because <laughs> you, you still, like, yeah, keep in contact with everyone, even though you live up the coast, like, in Newcastle. So, it's like... Yeah, it's kind of hectic that we've managed to remain in touch. Yeah, and now you're doing jams, so that's pretty much the whole reason why... Really a career high for me. It is, yeah. A segue into the <laughs> entertainment industry. Exactly, yep. You're going to peak on jams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All downhill from here. All downhill. What album were you talking about today, sir? Today we are talking about Wildflower by the Australian duo, The Avalanches. I kept calling it the wild wildflowers. The wildflowers <laughs> by <laughs> Avalanche. By Avalanche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's an interesting one. Mm. I feel like they're at the same time really well known and very niche. It's hard to it's hard to pick. Yeah. Big on Triple J still. Are they still getting played a lot? Still getting played a fair bit. The yeah. new the new album came out last year or the year before. I'm not sure. Yeah. And you you were saying that you're not the biggest fan of that one, at least. I no, don't get me wrong. I think it's pretty solid. Yep. But you know, when an artist releases a truly great album and then mm. follows it up with like a decent album, it yeah. You know, the expectations yeah higher. But no, Wildflower is especially interesting mm. because it came not one or two years after the previous album, but like sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they Avalanche really doing, is, yeah. Fans really got starved. And they really, yeah, 16 years. So, like, were they big with their first album when that first dropped? Because that was the one that most people know, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Since I Left You Mm. came out 2000, the year I was born, I know, I'm (laughs) a baby. So, obviously, I wasn't listening to music right out of the womb, but... (laughs) Uh, it was pretty popular. It was pretty popular, like yeah. novel and great, great songs on it. It was yeah. made from solely two or three thousand samples. Mm. And most of these samples just came from crate digging because the, yeah. the the duo that is the Avalanches, mm. they're from Melbourne and um, just got a whole bunch of crate digging done. They were just record collectors and sampled all this super obscure stuff that they just repurposed. Yeah, And so songs like frontier psychiatrist got really popular like it got a lot of attention on australian airwaves yeah a bit overseas yeah anyway but for for wildflower the first song they recorded apparently 
was in the year 2000. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Saturday Night Inside Out recorded just after they released the first album and then it only made it onto an album 16 years later. So, <laughs> Why long. do you think they t- took such a big gap? between those albums i heard somewhere they actually spent the whole time just making that album oh <laughs> they, wow really they yeah they toured for three years yeah until 2003 yeah and then just collaborated with like dozens and dozens of artists across mm. the world yeah and um i don't know i think the member one of the members had like a health drama as well oh, so right you know there are a few hiccups yeah the Avalanches record music in this weird genre that some people call plunderphonics, which is sample heavy music. And the biggest problem is like clearing samples. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because if you're going to record, if you're going to sample something else and sell it mm. commercially, you need the clearance to actually have that sample. Yeah. And how did I get away with it? Like on Since I Left You, especially, because that was complete samples it's like, completely samples and wildflower yeah. is about the same number of samples oh, i believe it? i thought it was a lot less i thought it was yeah the, less the than newer that. one is mostly just original instrumentation right i read that the hardest sample to clear was q high school mm. uh their choir singing a cover of the beatles <laughs> what was it the, the beatles come together and they had to get permission from paul mccartney and yoko ono specifically oh my god how did i end up getting that though that's crazy i I have no idea it sounded like a nightmare just years clearing samples to use do you think that would have cut into their profits on this album yeah i'm pretty sure a lot of it came out of pocket Mm. like they were just Mm. (laughs) making it as a passion project they're both djs right they're both Both djs so they both have this like really good knowledge of back catalog Mm. obscure music yeah but yeah, it took so long because it was the album is twenty one tracks long, and it's mm. kind of like a mixtape in that mm. it was just picking bits and pieces from like almost two decades worth of work. Yeah, surprising it's not even like a double album or something like that. When you wait that long, the amount of stuff that would have been left on the cutting room floor there would have been crazy, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that they probably could have gotten three B sides albums out of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for me, actually, I didn't catch it on release, but probably about a year later. Yeah. Because uh, I was with some high school friends in their car in the Nissan yeah. Pulsar. Yeah. He had a subwoofer in the back and nice. he was playing one of the lead singles. And uh, the song really just bumps. And I hadn't heard of the Avalanches before. and I right. hadn't heard anything that sounded like that. Yeah. And so he got me onto that song and then the band. Mm. and recommended the first album that's what got me listening to wildflower in probably 2017 i have loved that album since for me like a big memory of it is um studying for maths in in high school yeah it's a bit off topic no 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 of course you know how certain songs Mm. can just remind you of a very specific memory yeah definitely and like you're you're doing something at the time Mm. listening to a song and then years later Listening to that bit of music will still take you back to that time. Yeah. So for me, like, <laughs> I was I was at the National Folk Festival <laughs> in, in Canberra. Nice. Yeah. In 2017. Yeah. And I was trying to study for my maths HSC or whatever it was. Yeah. A bit bit embarrassing. And yeah. I was set up in a family friend's dusty ass caravan. Yeah. Yeah, listening to the Avalanches, and so for me, the song "If I Was a Folk Star" really reminds me of that time. Right, 
it's yeah it's it's crazy that music can do that or a specific song or even like a section of a song can take you back to exactly where you were when you listened. it doesn't even have to be the first time you've listened to it it's just like hmm. one of the random listens that meant nothing at the time but that's the thing that you sort of associate it with like that's it becomes more important over time yeah like you know it doesn't it's, even have to be like a crazy memory it's not like yeah. skydiving or whatever <laughs> yeah like i have certain songs that remind me of like putting the laundry out or something yeah, you know? yeah like, definitely or just driving around or being in a certain location like yeah it doesn't have yeah. to be a big thing yeah and just the headspace you're in at the time yeah so would you say like this changed your music taste a lot or did you yeah it, how old were you in I was I was like oh, seventeen because you're born in two thousand. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. I know. <laughs> but yeah, um, and I think that's interesting is that I didn't realize how many other artists and bands were featured on the album yeah. for a long time. Yeah, because right. they don't list their features on the track titles. Yeah, yeah. And you know, song credits use the artist's real name, so I didn't mm. even realize, <laughs> apart from the recognizable ones. But yeah. Wildflower is chock full of features. Mm. And it's that that got me because, yeah, same, same thing, like uh, going into the album and like not knowing really much about it. And then I think, yeah, Frankie Sinatra. And so Danny Brown starts. I'm like, oh, Danny Brown's on this song. This is so great. Yeah. And then Doom appears. Yeah. He spits a verse. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I was, yeah. like on a train. It was just like such a cool experience because I like I haven't felt that excited listening to a piece of work in so long. It was like, I have no idea where this is going. Yeah. Who's going to show up and do something? Like, yeah, yeah, it's really random. And then you hear someone's voice on there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because Frankie Sinatra is sampled from a Calypso song. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have the sample. Yeah. It's um, the Bobby Sox ideal, but King Houdini in this Calypso parliament. Oh, Frankie Sinatra. And then, yeah, there's a Danny Brown and an MF Doom verse. Yeah, the, yeah. the, list, the list keeps going. Mm. Toro Imoir. Kevin Parker of Tame Impala fame plays drums on the album. Oh, right. Biz Markie, the like 80s, 90s rapper. David Berman, ADD. Nick Cave, one of the band members from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Wow, I didn't know that. All right. Yep, and Father John Misty. Yeah, there's heaps. I think Danny Brown's on there twice as well. Yeah, yeah. he rocked up again. Even Danny's voice sounds a bit different on this album, but you can still tell it's him because it's so distinct. Where it's just like it's... He, yeah, he has a, such a unique <laughs> delivery. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it really works. Mm. And yeah, just the, the crazy number of just sounds that you can recognize on the album. For instance, I think in Frankie Sinatra... Mm. They sample my favorite things from The Sound of Music. Yeah. They slow it down, don't they? Yeah. They've like interpolated it. Yeah. And it fits really nicely into the song. And you're like, oh, hey, there's that. Yeah. It's also an album that like the the hits on it, there's a couple of hits, I guess, like the Mm. the intro track, Because I'm Me and Frankie Sinatra and If I Was a Folk Star as well. But a lot of the album is not really their own songs, but just kind of like ideas that flow into each other right right it really feels like a top to bottom album you know some albums are great where every track on their own Mm -hmm. is just a different vibe and a different single power Mm -hmm. whereas this one it's sort of a big wash of collective i don't know you know what i mean yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's mixed really well. Like, it, it's, yeah, it goes into each other really well. Like, you're saying, like, the wash where it's just sort of like... Mm. There's a but, few songs yeah. that are reprises of earlier songs on the track as well. Yeah, um, so yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 
I was listening to it on Spotify and it was annoying because there's a between the songs when it's a bit of a gap when the song's loading. So yeah. Like, it'll be like a perfect fade in and then it'll be like a gap. True. Because <laughs> so I want to buy it on like vinyl or CD so I don't have to deal with that issue. Yeah. It's much better, I think, on the physical and you, yeah. the mastering is uh, mm. doesn't rely on <laughs> Spotify's internet lag. Yeah, yeah. But I'm ultimately surprised the album isn't talked about as much because since I left you as a big cultural touchstone for the band and the new one as well mm. has probably even more collaborators and right. um, had more kind of pop mainstream success yeah so it's a bit of a middle child but mm. i think also you know when when albums come out in your life is pretty important yeah like what age you are and stuff yeah like that. yeah yeah like nostalgia as well it doesn't yeah. even have oh, to gosh. like you know, because it samples so much from the past as well. Mm. Like it's such a nostalgic album, in my opinion. Like right. not just because it was when I was you know, seventeen or whatever, yeah. but also because it was. It it sounds like the past, and it's really like warm and kind of yeah. happy. <laughs> it's a really nostalgia. It's an amazing album. Like yeah, like because yeah, I haven't listened to the album top to bottom. Like I knew I knew this album art. I've seen it around, mm. and I sort of like, I, but I can't remember really any song of it prior to listening to it for, yeah. this, for this podcast. And um, it's just I'm surprised that it's missed. It's like missed me completely. Where it yeah. hasn't shown up in any playlist or anything like that. Because if I listen to any of these songs independently, I'm like, this is amazing. Where like, yeah, where has yeah. it been hiding this whole time? That type of thing. Yeah, it's an odd one. But no, I'm pretty glad I found it when I did. Yeah. And it, yeah, like, like you say, it's sort of also how I discovered artists like Danny Brown and that. Yeah. <laughs> and Father John Misty as well, actually. Yeah, that, it, was, it was cool. Apparently with Toro and White, mm. if you know, if you're aware of him, mm. a guy that's pretty much single-handedly pioneered chill wave yeah. <laughs> as a yeah. genre. Yeah. And he gave them lyrics, which was just him talking about how his wife and he took acid on a beach one time and yeah. that ended up on the album, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. I think that comes across any album. Like, it's not, if they're not trying to, you know, make a mainstream album, well, like a mainstream album, sorry. It's not, yeah. they're not trying to get a million dollars and, like, try to yeah, go yeah. on world tours after this and stuff like that. Like, it just seems like it was very much a passion project. Like, going back to, like, it took 16 years yeah. for it to be made. You don't take 16 years unless you love it and it's a passion project. Like if it's a, hmm. if you're trying to make money off it, it won't take you 16 years. It'll take you six months. You know, That's so true. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see in the music industry, like artists are really pressured to put out albums every two years maximum. Yeah. It's like a big thing, like more so in other genres than others. Hmm. Like yeah. I, I hear like in K-pop, artists aren't really allowed to, well, allowed is a strong word, but pressured by labels hmm. to put out as much music as possible. Hmm. And fill in that gap with touring and merch and uh, yeah. public appearances mm. and, you know, putting out two albums a year, every year. Yeah. Really intense. So for art. Oh, and like streaming services encourage it as well. That's true. Yeah. I think Jeff Bezos went on the record saying like artists have to put out albums every two years. That's just what's expected of them. And you can't expect to make a living if you don't. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So it's. Yeah really like making a product of it it's yeah it's it's good to see that they i, I know like the gap between like the newest album and wildflower like was what five six years yeah four like or that. five years Nothing i think crazy. but like yeah it's it's comparatively, comparatively it feels like no time at all yeah, yeah exactly because <laughs> yeah. like though they're really well established mm. they're still not 
really that mainstream, I guess. Yeah. And they're quite old, like comparatively, you know. You've been <laughs> ages here. <laughs> yeah, I think they're in their probably 40s or right. at least the Gen, Gen Y. Gen Y boy. Because like I just saw Gen an X. interview. Oh, yeah. Wait, I think Sorry. I'm Gen Y. You're Gen Y. And then, yeah. How are we in different generations? That's I'm a weird. Zoomer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, people like the Avalanches, I think they've um, stayed current, but also had a sound that stayed theirs, you know. Because mm. there's no one, like Wildflower is very distinct in, in, in the sense that it samples a lot. Like I know instrumentally it sounds quite similar to the Go team. I'm not sure. It's, it's a random band I found a couple of years ago. And, yeah, um, right. Yeah, they, some of the samples they use sounds like something that would be on a Go Team type of things. Well, that's great for me. I hadn't heard yeah. of the Go Team, so oh, that's go, um, yeah. more material for me to check yeah. out than my homework. Yeah, it's your homework. Absolutely. Go, the Go Team. Besides that one band, and like, there's still nothing else that's like. Yeah. Like this. I, do you know much DJ Shadow? Oh, yeah, DJ Shadow. He did the stuff with Runner Jewels, right? He did. Yeah. He did. I think DJ Shadow's sort of comparable in how he yeah. flips samples and makes grooves and does that trip hop kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I also yeah. definitely and, enjoy a lot of DJ Shadow. And a lot of features as well on DJ Shadow. Yeah. Album. Like, yeah. like every song has someone else on it, basically. Yeah, because he's more of a beat maker. Yeah. A muso that does mm. the backing instrumentation. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see. I like bands where you can have a rotating roster of people featured, mm. you know, on top of the tracks. Yeah, yeah, and it's not not always just the same. It's like mm. Gorillaz, like Gorillaz is always like, oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> always yeah, having something different with those guys. Oh, I yeah. think so long as Gorillaz keeps doing what they're doing, it'll never get old. Yeah, no, no, like they always yeah, changing it up. A Gorilla song sounds like a Gorilla song, but yep. then they always do something different and they have different guests and it's always exciting. Yeah, oh, definitely. And it's like you never know who they're going to actually get on. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's been very, very like global, different time periods. Mm. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. And it's well similar to like, yeah, similar to the Wallflower. Like it's like um, mm. it's just you don't know who's going to appear next type of thing. Yeah, like, and the combination of the features with the samples, I think, because like a lot of the samples are from 1960s psych yeah. rock and stuff. Right. So it really has this range of, and like the comedian Larry Ellis. Yeah. They sample his stand up routine <laughs> from the 20th century as well. So it has this really long yeah. time frame. But then mm. obviously, yeah, like they have MF Doom, you mm. know, pretty contemporary. Yeah. And they sampled um, Queens of the Stone Age, didn't they? Oh, um, yeah. Queens of the Stone Age is on, the, in on there the, as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. The, the, and the, the Bee Gees, there's like two Bee Gees samples and the Beach Boys. Yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. Paul and Linda McCartney. Yeah, no, I, I could just keep going on forever, but yeah. you get the idea. Yeah. There's like so much saturation in music. Mm. There's so many artists and we can all like, you know, I remember having an iPod with iTunes. Yeah, yeah. And so every time you wanted the, to listen to a song, mm. you would, you know, buy a gift card or something and pay $2.50 and mm. get a single. Yeah, yeah. So as a result, like, on my iPod, I probably only had maybe 50 songs or something because yeah. I was pretty young and I couldn't mm. afford that much. Now, <laughs> you know, I pay 6 or $7 a month and mm. I literally get millions of tracks mm. whenever I want. Yeah. It's like almost oversaturation. Yeah. So to have stuff that sounds unique is like mm. 
so good now and hard to do. Very, yeah. So so hard. Even even in 2016 when this came out, like it was still much in a streaming era. Like maybe oh, not yeah. what it is now, but like yeah. And it's just still sound distinct because yeah, everyone everyone can make. I can go and make a song right after this on my laptop and put it on Spotify. Yeah, exactly. You know, it doesn't matter about the quality. And then yeah, and then so like, but finding something that's distinct and new and isn't just trying to copy another thing. Mm. It's, yeah, it's pretty hard. Like I could yeah. say, you know, I want to go listen to some classic dad rock yeah. and there's like hundreds of bands that are doing the formula. Yeah, exactly. Or some, yeah. some trap music, you know. There's heaps of good trap, obviously, yeah. but like any genre, any genre out there has yeah. like hundreds of thousands of mm. artists that are doing the formula kind of thing. I yeah. guess it's always been like that, but just it's so much easier to record and make music now. Mm. See, it's a double-edged sword because in, in a sense, mm. like there's so many artists now, like the bedroom pop age yeah. that we're in right now, where it's like all these artists that wouldn't be, Post Malone wouldn't be famous if it wasn't for the internet originally. You know what I mean? Justin like, Bieber originally. Justin Bieber, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's um on that side of a coin, like it's so good that really anyone can, you don't have to have like a record label. You don't have to mm. go the old fashioned way. But in saying that the old fashioned way, like when the new album came out, you would buy it for the one song and listen to the whole album. And then so like, and then you like to enjoy the whole album a lot more and there's not much else to listen to because you've paid for this one CD. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, no, I actually yeah. do think the saturation of music is overall a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like you say, giving, you know, buying a $100 microphone and a cheap audio software and yeah. just uploading tracks and it might be great stuff and mm. making music more accessible to everyone is excellent. I'm guilty of it myself. I used to be a massive fan of SoundCloud. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. until I was like 18 or 19, I only used SoundCloud mm. after oh, wow. the iTunes era, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was good because I could listen to some random Eastern European <laughs> 16-year-old producer that's done a remix, like the, some bootleg of some yeah. electronic song. Mm. And at the same time, I was uploading my own beats on there. Oh, really? Yeah. I hate to say it. There's so many, yeah. beats, so many self-reports in this podcast. <laughs> I, I need to stop talking. <laughs> it's embarrassing so much about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was good in, on the whole. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you have any beats up there now? And can you give me the link? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they are still up there. Nice, the beats yeah. I made when I was like 15. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Just like kind of lost in this um, big soup of shit on SoundCloud. Big soup of shit on SoundCloud. I think Wildflower is so good in the sense that like, you know, you can listen to it and you're enjoying, like you can enjoy the whole album so easily, even though there isn't like a, you know, because it is, can, it tend to be like a wall of sound at times where it's just like there's so much stuff going on and it's yeah. just a clear melody at times and you can just, you know, yeah. but it still works and it feels like it shouldn't. It's like a collage. Yeah. Yeah, it, just it could really well. very easily be too messy to work. Yeah. But I think it pulls together pretty well. Yeah, definitely. Another reason I think I love the album so much and that it's stood the test of time so far mm. is because like the mood of it is, I reckon, exactly halfway between happy and sad. Right, yeah. Like there's tracks that are like the happiest songs out there. Mm. Like Because I'm Me, the starting track, is yeah. such a feel-good song. Mm. And then some of them are like kind of bittersweet, mm-hmm. like um, I think coming home yeah. is it or is it this couple? The last yeah. one as well, Saturday Night Inside Out, are very bittersweet, mm-hmm. kind of sad. Yeah. And so there's sort of a track and a 
vibe for every mood on there, mm. you know? Yeah. And I don't know, call me a sucker. I, I really like those, <laughs> not exactly sad boy music, but yeah, melancholy in songs is just great when you feel that way, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. Like you can't just listen to up happy beats all, all, all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. And Saturday Night Inside Out is also one of my all-time favorite songs for driving at night. Oh, yeah. Something about it. Yeah. Just yeah. It's uh, very different mm-hmm. when you're in the car yeah. at night. I wanted to listen to this album on my like through the car speakers because I feel like I enjoy it. It's like similar to like when you have a vinyl going or something like that, mm-hmm. like listening to it that aren't just on your little headphones or anything like that. Being in an area where there's like speakers playing it, like especially in a car, it feels so much better. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, listening to an album would especially be like, be like this, you would appreciate a lot more because you can feel like you're in the middle of it. You feel like it's getting, yeah. coming at you from all different ways. True. So the mixing is really crazy on it. And mm. it's, yeah, it, listening to it with speakers is probably uh, mm. better to get the whole picture, I guess. Yeah, definitely. But I've already tried to buy the vinyl, as you know, today. Oh, yeah. Records today. <laughs> Filming this on records today. I think that's it. That's it. Um, we didn't actually... Have, I got the Jack White record, but yeah. it wasn't really much this year. I had a depressingly zero haul. Oh, man. Don't missed say. out on the Techno Sucks compilation. <laughs> you that's put it away as well. You put it back. You want yeah. to explain what Techno Sucks is to the audience? Well, it's music for real Music fans. Real music fans. None Made of in 1995. <laughs> a compilation of real rock music. None of this computer uh, techno <laughs> stuff that the kids listen to. Only real bands like Weezer. <laughs> Guns and Roses. <laughs> ACDC on oh, there. Can't go wrong, man. A little Akadaka. Oh, I'm not hating on Akadaka. Oh, no, me neither. No, I love them. But like, just even Weezer. Like, just that would have had to have been like <laughs> mass produced to an extent if it's just in a random CD. Like, it's a CD hardcover. Like, yeah. it had its own cover and the track listing. I, I think, well, like, it makes me think of my dad who, yeah. who yeah. to this day thinks of all digital or no electronic music as techno because it was a big thing in the 90s. Yeah. And how much people hate techno. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, another week, another chance to remind you to listen to the official Jams playlist that has just been updated by this week's lovely guest, Cal, featuring songs from The White Stripes, Tommy and JD Beck, TLC, and many more. The link for the playlist, along with all my other socials, can be found on my link tree at linktr.ee slash jmansky. Alright, thank you for listening to my Jed talk. See what I did there? Jed? Jed talk? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, where am I fading now? What the, what the heck? Despite it being one of my favorite albums of all time, yeah, I still can't fully recall a a big section of the middle tracks mm. like by name, yeah. Because to me, I think of it as the first like five tracks are mm. all just kind of bangers, yeah. And yep. then there's a middle act which is like a soundscape kind yep. of. There's some standout tracks like mm-hmm. like uh, the Was It of Is and mm-hmm. all that, mm-hmm. and then uh, the the last one as well being my favorite. Um, it's kind of a third act on its own for me. So yeah, you know, a lot of it, like albums divide their songs up in their track listing into certain acts or certain discs. Yeah, right. It doesn't do that, but it feels yeah, like it, it to me. It feels like it would. Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's just showing how like complex and sort of a replayability of it. I think are you still finding new things in that album? Yeah. After listening to it a million and one times, like 
Yeah, you know. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even after looking at like, you know, doing a little bit of research, yeah. I know what yeah. I'm talking about roughly. Yeah. I didn't know Tame Impala's Kevin Parker was on it at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's there playing drums on it. I just found that out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So mm. it's um it's the gift that keeps on giving. Mm. And um but yeah, I'm definitely gonna try to find that on record. I think that's a credential. Yeah. Record nice. vinyl, I feel. Like, I've uh, won you over on it. <laughs> no, it's, it's a nice one to have in the collection. Mm. Nice art as well. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. I knew the art going into it. For some reason, I'm I'm good at remembering artwork for albums, but like names, songs, no idea. But like I can remember yeah. artwork. So I remember seeing it around. So it's, yeah, maybe you telling me about it. Maybe at uni. Maybe. maybe I mean, mentioning yeah, probably. you're always mentioning good bands that I never actually end up listening to. Well, but, same to you. You've given me a lot of recommendations. <laughs> yeah, it's fair, yeah. This is a bit of a hot take maybe, mm-hmm. but I think the art of an album mm-hmm. either makes the listening experience better or worse. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Mm. Like yeah. an album with really cool art, like mm-hmm. I might buy an album just because the art is that cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, it influences, in my opinion at least, like what the music sounds like kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I love the amount of the creativity they can put forward with it. Like, I think my yeah, my pet peeve is just like a like a Weezer again. Let's just shit on Weezer, <laughs> like a Weezer album where it's just four of them standing there. And I kind of like, love them for that, to be honest. Really, I, I oh, sort of do. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I love that they have like six self-titled albums. It's like <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but like, I think yeah, you can. But get I know what you mean. Yeah, like albums yeah. like this one or like um, Danger Mouse's Rome, I really love. It's just like a black heart on like a cream background, but it's very simplistic and it sort of conveys the whole album just by looking at it. Yeah. And you listen to it once and you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense why they've chosen that. Yeah. In it. Yeah. I think, you know, given that you can put anything you want on a square, really, mm. it shows like what the artist is trying to do, I think. That yeah. sounds a bit like some uh, high school English paper just there. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, there's, yeah, the artwork, it's a good welcoming sort of, when you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, so I sort of know what I'm getting into type of thing. Like it, yeah. it accompanies think, the music really well. Yeah, Avalanches have had that on lock uh, mm-hmm. since starting out. I really like all their album covers right? from their three. They're all uh, original artworks and just look really good. Is it the American flag that's on this? It looks like the colors of a similar... Yeah, it's actually thing. referencing... I don't have the note on me, but yeah. it's a direct reference to like a 1971 album, really? which is the American flag, like rippling. Yeah. Uh, I can't, unfortunately, remember the name of it off the top yeah. of my head. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there was a point to that as well. <laughs> I'm not yeah, deep course, enough yeah. in the lore yeah, to no, know the, the story behind the album art. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was a reference to it. Another. Mm. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wildflower lore. Oh, yeah. It's it's a rabbit hole. Mm. It really is. It seems like an album that you can just find so much stuff on it. It's like the opposite. I've done Mad Villainy a couple episodes ago, and that was like really hard to find stuff on that album because there wasn't, there's not many, not many interviews and not much sort of discussion mm. about like the actual going into the album. You know what I mean? True. Like, True. In- With Mad Villainy, it mm. was. I mean, Mad Lib is pretty reclusive from what I hear and doesn't yeah. do interviews and same with Zoom. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like, um, I don't know the two, what are the guys' name again, sorry? Robbie, Robbie Chater and yep. Tony de Blasi. Right. Yeah, they're both Melbourneites, Aussies. Melbourneites? Mel- is that the word? I don't know. Maybe. I know, Sydney Siders here. Sydney Siders? I don't know any of this. I'm a Novocastrian. Sorry? 
A Novocastrian. A Novocastrian. You're That's a Newcastle you're person. There you go. <laughs> What's saying. the one from Parramatta? <laughs> Parramatta. Parramatta. <laughs> An eel. I don't know. An eel. <laughs> That's good. Represent. We should just make a footy podcast instead. A footy podcast. And we buy that CD. We will buy the Techno Sucks CD. Yeah. Listen to that and we'll review Play that on. instead. So true. Mm-hmm. I think that will get the people in, you know. Up the nights, right? <laughs> What can I say? We no, have to I go to actually. a footy game first. <laughs> have to watch the Eels get, um, I guess the, they don't want to be beaten. They've got to win. So, they got to beat. Like, the Speak dragon. for yourself. I hope they lose. Oh, uh, no. Not actually. Don't you dare talk <laughs> no, crap about my Parramatta Eels, bro. I'll dis- We're going to stop this podcast and take it outside, I think. <laughs> <laughs> have some polite fisty cuffs yeah. and then come back in and discuss an album. Yeah. Ball, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a good one to kind of concept for it. Yeah. <laughs> Bring my friend on, beat him up because they disrespect my favorite footy band. <laughs> Have you seen chess boxing? Uh, no, I haven't. It's a sport where there's um, alternating rounds where yeah. they play a game of chess and then have a boxing match. What? That's yeah. real? It's real, yeah. Oh, my God. There's actual chess boxing competitions. That's amazing. So, so you have to be good at chess and good at punching people. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> It's like yeah. on like the two separate sides of the coin right there, like yeah, completely different things. Yeah, yeah. I don't think too many people have that skill set. What's your secret skill set? Just <laughs> broken my back. I don't think I have any secret skills. Yeah, me neither. I got a really bad wrist. It clicks a lot. That's Is my- that a skill? Clicking your wrist. I if get. someone says, hey, I bet you can't click your wrist. <laughs> it's a party trick. It's a party trick. My ankles used to click every time I took a step anywhere. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, when I walked anywhere. How did you fix that? It just kind of went away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. It's always like double-jointed people flexing that they're double-jointed. Yeah. It's not as cool though. Mm. Not as cool though. No. Need to get some party tricks happening for next time. For next time. And then so on his audio podcast, you can show me your party trick, your physical yeah. party trick, I'm assuming. Sure, you'll have to imagine it. <laughs> no. So with Wildflower, you're saying it's one of your like one of your favorite albums. Can you can you give it where is it in your top five or is it your top ten? Or? It's definitely my top five, to yep. be honest. I feel like it's hard to make a list of like ranked top albums. It very much because certain yeah. uh, certain albums are projects or whatever mm-hmm. mixtapes are there for you in certain times of your life mm-hmm. for instance like there are albums that i would say were my favorite album for a long time yeah. are they now mm. not necessarily but mm. they were still there for me at that time you yeah know, like and i was listening to that heaps at that time yeah but mm-hmm. no 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 wildflower 100 percent has been there in the mm-hmm. top five yeah you know along with some og um glass animals kenny Love lamar it, yeah. Yeah, Radiohead. Unfortunately, mm. <laughs> <laughs> are they making an album pretty quickly? Like, how, when does a Radiohead album come out? Like, yeah, they put one out in 2018. Did they? Which was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that, that they've been going since like '91 or something, and mm. consistently put out an album every between one year and five years since mm. then. Yeah, yeah. So some bands just keep going. Hey, mm. yeah, that's like, amazing. Like we're talking about the chilies just yeah. earlier, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Good idea. <laughs> Just put out yep. an album this year. Yeah. Still going strong, Still I guess. Strong. They took a while, surprisingly. For a band that makes a lot of music, they take their time making the album. 
but yeah, let's not get in the chili peppers. That's it. <laughs> that's the dangerous, dangerous part. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know me personally, I'm chili- a chili hater. You're a chili hater. Yeah. Wow. I don't. We should have opened with this. We could have had that fight a lot earlier. <laughs> you disrespect what? my team. Disrespect <laughs> my band. <laughs> I like Under the Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone liked Under the Bridge, you bastard. <laughs> True. Uh, I'll show you some B-sides, bro. That's, what, that's where it is, the funky right, B-sides. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, some more homework, I guess. More homework, that's it. Um, My goal is to make our top fives the exact same. So you're going to have to have like four Chili Peppers album and like a Danger Mouse album. Is that In your top five is what you would say? Ah. Uh, no. Genuinely, I don't know. I feel like okay. it's a bit more diverse than that. But I say that and it's probably not. <laughs> it's yeah. probably just Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> which of the best is which of their albums is the best? Uh, that's a good question. I think The Getaway. I love The Getaway. The Danger Mouse produced the most recent. That's a hot take. There you go. Yeah. No, it just oh, every song on that album was just brilliant. But I think Stadium Arcadium, mm. that had like that was the double album. That was when they were all sort of at their peak like yeah, with John. For sure. But yeah, it's a hard question. It's a very hard <laughs> question. We'll come back for our top fives. And then- yes, indeed. With a band like the Avalanches that puts out once every decade, it's yeah. um, a lot easier to rank their catalog. But yeah. it's all good. It's all good. I'm here for it. <laughs> Where would you rate the catalogs? I'm guessing this will be first. Well, yeah, be for me, it's or? first. Yep. Um, I would probably rank the debut album second. Yeah. And... Um, the new one third, but that's not to say that it's bad in any way. Mm. I think it's still good. And in fact, I haven't really listened to it since it came out. Right. But I think if I came back into it now, mm. I'd probably enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have some great collabs on there and mm. just unexpected, you know, they're doing their thing still. Yeah. And it's good. <laughs> so do you think that they're making more albums now? Like the gap was getting less and less. So you think that we might get one? Yeah, soon? it's a good question. Mm. I don't know if the they were just cleaning off the slate to start on something new if they're yeah. hanging up, you know, mm. hanging up the hat. I don't know. Because it came out during COVID, so 2020, right? Yeah, 2020 so. or 2021 or something. Right. Yeah. So maybe... It was during COVID. Yeah. Hopefully we get some more. more. And some more tours in Australia. Did you, yeah. are they, do they live in Australia still? Yeah, oh. I'm pretty sure they oh, do. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen them live? No. I right. wish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm seeing quite a few bands live this year, but not them, sadly. Yeah. I think... Um, there's a big problem living in Australia with uh, overseas acts just not ever yeah, coming no, here until no. they're washed up and they do a world <laughs> tour that does one date in <laughs> Sydney or Melbourne and then that's it. Yeah, that's it. So um, have you, because you're quite musically trained, um, for anyone... <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> well, compared to me, right? So you're like, you straight up <laughs> talk about how you straight up allowed me to pass one of my subjects because I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> you passed like pass that for me like seriously. it made me feel like such a snob <laughs> no 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 the best the, way possible yeah 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 it wasn't like you came in and was like hey bro you don't know what you're doing let me do it you were, I was like can you help me please and yeah, you yeah, spent like yeah. a yeah, lot of time well, there was out. like one kind of theory subject that we had to do at some point I think it was yeah me and you and another other mate and we were just sitting there it was like a really late in the afternoon in one of the labs on the computer and I'm trying to write a song and uh, I don't know how to write a song. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was so stressful. And then you would come around and be like, okay, so I have to do this? Or like, this is in this key? I'm like, sure. Yeah, I, don't I, worry, I was, man. I, I struggled with that too, big time. Yeah. I didn't yeah. go that well. Yeah. It was a 
It was sort of fun, but very stressful. It was, yeah. You know, writing songs for an assignment is yeah. different to like writing a songs because you feel like it. Mm. So you've never seen them live. I feel like whatever live show is like. Have you what? ever seen Pinal live? No, I haven't. Yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't been, but I feel like I picture it to be kind of like a Pinal show. Oh, right. You know, Pinal are another coincidentally Australian yeah. duo of yeah. DJs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, the sounds are different, but mm. I, I think for a lot of Avalanche's catalog, it's probably pretty hard to play with live instrumentation. Things right. like drums, of yeah. course, you could do. There's yeah. lots of drums. There's lots of bass. Yeah. There's even guitars and stuff, but there's also a lot that's media that you wouldn't be able to really mm. reproduce live, I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, like you were saying before that you're already sort of like going down a rabbit hole, getting out of your EDM phase. And then, <laughs> okay, but no, I was not, I, I'm still in it. Oh, okay, okay, you're right. It's just in. changed. <laughs> yes. So anyway. Not your number one genre anymore, but it's still there. <laughs> yeah, I still listen to a fair bit of electronic music. I think there's a lot of good stuff out there. Mm. For instance, like, you know, people talk a lot of shit about Skrillex and yep. fair enough. Mm-hmm. It did make bro step. <laughs> but um, if you pay attention to Skrillex in, in the year mm-hmm. of our law, 2022, he's doing a lot of different stuff yeah. now. He's doing yeah. heaps and I think it's really good. Mm. Wish we could go back. You buy the time too. machine, bro. 2010 yeah. dubstep. Where it was kind of sick. No, I think everyone is into it. Like it everyone was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Time. I feel like I feel like if the if it wasn't a stigma around it, a lot more people, like including myself, would still be a fan. True. A yeah. lot of genres just have stigma. That's the yeah. cringe barrier. The yeah, the amount of stuff like like I'm sure I can find an Ariana Grande song that I love, but I'm never gonna go and find it because it would be dug within albums that are full of songs that are poppy and I know. Like are in the mainstream type of thing, but I don't like the songs. I just straight up don't like. Yeah, but it, I think because of the mainstream appeal, maybe of it, I don't know. But it would stop me from actually going and finding more music I like. Oh really? Yeah, I'm, I'm like a hipster, but like not a good one. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, I think there's a lot of pop that's like a bit cookie cutter, but there's Definitely. also so much pop that's like catchy and fun mm. and yeah, just yeah, it's like sugar <laughs> yeah no that's so a good way of putting it yeah mm. and um but i think a lot of the stuff is formulaic and it's like, yeah a lot, a lot of it is for sure yeah. ariana grande i think is like a, a jazz singer like she right has crazy chops didn't she do a song with stevie wonder or something that's yeah i think so yeah she's done songs with like thundercat if you know thundercat. oh really yeah no way. wow yeah she's hmm. got her toes in different um circles right did you think that avalanche is sort of like helped you sort of because you you know quite a lot of music i feel talking just casually talking to you about music there's a lot of stuff that you seem to like you seem to be amongst a lot of it in my bubble in your in your but it's a pretty big bubble to be fair like at least or maybe we're in the same bubble and it's so yeah yeah maybe we're just (laughs) an echo chamber right now it's probably the case yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but yeah so did you sort of feel like this album sort of like wanted you to go down that path because there's so many different influences and so many different samples and it's like yeah so many different genre bending sort of sections in this album yeah do you think that sort of like opened you up to more music or do you think you would have sort of been there either way yeah no definitely mm. i mean uh, looking back i'm not really sure how i was able to have a, like a musical diet of just one genre yeah well, i say one genre like you know a series a, a, of course a yeah. bunch of sub genres yeah because like with music like the avalanches 
it shows you that there can be like a million different styles in one mm. project. Mm-hmm. I think just like having being open to listening to whatever is fun because mm. it it just it's different music for different times, different you know feelings. Yeah, yeah, definitely albums like that mm. <laughs> open me up. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, putting those barriers down and sort of just listening to music because you like it. Not because like it's not allowing any stigma to sort of stop you from enjoying something, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't profess to listen to everything, you know. Yeah, I listen course. to a bit of everything. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like, like the worst response they get. To, hey, what what do you like? Oh yeah, it's horrible. Because then you're not really focused on one thing, so you can't really, you know, what I mean like. Well, I know I can listen to everything. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I've ever listened to country. I never mm. listened to like. You know, contemporary Christian music. I've never yeah. listened to blues. Like, there's so much that yeah. out there. Yeah. You know, no one can listen to everything. Mm. And back to what you were saying before about, like, you know, the online sort of world we're living in, like, in 2022. Like, mm. so many more genres becoming, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, being born just from people just doing whatever they want and having the restriction of having a label saying, hey, we need to make this a mainstream thing or yeah. this money's involved. It's just people, like you said, bought a $150 microphone mm. and then just making completely new genres. Like that power is like <laughs> yeah. sort of crazy. Yeah, just in the past few years, so mm. many, there's been mm. an explosion of new mm. styles of music that we haven't had before. Yeah. Like, you know, like Hyperpop, mm. 100 Gex just kind of, came out and i mean they didn't invent it like this Mm. pc music that sort of you know propagated it but like 100 gex came out and put out a thousand gex and um yeah it just kind of kicked off this new wave of sound that people had never heard before Mm. and like artists like do you know pink pantheress no i don't i know the i think she's pretty popular on tiktok so (laughs) all right yeah that's out of my world but um just came out and put like uk styles like two-step and garage and start mm. jungle and all that yeah and made it into like pop and drum and bass and mm. we just have this big melting pot now and i think that's yeah. so cool it's yeah it's a really cool place to be like it's gonna be amazing to see where it is like when we're adults and like we got kids and like what weird shit they're gonna be listening to <laughs> yeah, yeah you know what i mean like- we'll become the boomers who say techno sucks <laughs> About whatever I, new genre is existing. I can't wait. I'm going to do that same thing. Just, you know, and I'll, yeah, I'll put all this modern stuff now on yeah. the CD and I'll put whatever genre is new and in, innovative, mm. but kids like, Todd, get out of here. Yeah. Back in, yeah. My, day. Back in my day, Back in we listened to Money Machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Proper music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where do you think like it's sort of going like instrumentally wise, like, I think there's less people being able to play instruments because MIDI's and like because sampling, mm. there's less people actually learning instruments. So yeah. I feel like actually going on stage and playing an instrument is going to become a lot more rare. And mm. you know, it's coming becoming more rare now. But let alone mm. the next yeah. generation of music, I feel. You're probably right. Mm. I think like there's a big difference though between like live shows where there's just backing tracks and the artist yeah sings or raps or whatever over that and shows where they have a live band Mm. interpreting the music yeah and like obviously like djs aside like shows where they have live music is kind of more in the moment for me right yeah at least in my experience shows that i've seen where they take a song and reimagine it as a live band with drums and bass and guitar or whatever keyboards 
Yeah. It's really cool. Right. I hope that stays a thing. Yeah. It's hard to say Mm. because already we can play the backing track of a song, like, of course, and perform over it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, being in that room and like, you know, the same same room as all these random people you don't know and then playing or listen to music that you like. Mm. But yeah, bringing new life into it just because it's someone behind it. You know, when they made it, it was someone not playing the keyboard doesn't mean you couldn't get a keyboard yeah on it you know on in a live section of it yeah it's still crazy that they're allowed to sample so much stuff through their discography and still make money off their cd yeah oh yeah the royalties are probably going all over the shop i don't know hopefully they have a because didn't they do a soundtrack for king kong or something strange like that yeah they did they did the soundtrack for king kong yeah so hopefully they got other incomes coming in that aren't just copywritten yeah they've had a lot of setbacks apparently (laughs) um, like yeah they tried to make this like feature-length animated film, really, and spent three years on it, and then their investor pulled out. Oh my god! They got it cancelled. <laughs> that was that was like three years out of that out of that sixteen years. That's where that went. Wow! Really? Yeah. They were gonna make like soundtrack and theme this whole film. Yeah. And it was it sounded really sick. Hmm. And then um, there was like the GFC or something, and they lost their funding. Yeah. Right. So you, you know, did any of the stuff go into Wildflower? Uh, yeah i know that yeah stuff from the movie and also stuff from the king kong soundtrack ended up on there yeah that's awesome because only a little bit of it that actually ended up getting used in the movie oh right yeah so like that's why i said it's like a mixtape they didn't just sample other works but chopped up bits of their own projects Mm. that they found a home for yeah like the the like the horse neigh that's really prominent in their biggest track frontier psychiatrist is also in wildflower <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's it's yeah. sort of hidden in there as like a reference right so yeah it's it's just from everywhere and mm. i don't know i think that the album's really says a lot about you know mm. the music in general right now mm. like we we're talking about yeah very interesting time but i don't think we would have been there maybe without the avalanches to an extent no no of know? course i'm not saying yeah, yeah. they created oh no no music. Oh, yeah yeah no i'm saying like without them they might it might not be exactly where we are in music like you're saying that it mm. could be pioneers in yeah. some sense you know yeah for sure i mean they have their own genre out there plunderphonics and i'm sure there's plenty more artists doing it now mm. yeah. yeah even like it's got me thinking real mm. quick yeah mashups <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> you know like um not just parody people like uh weird al but yeah lemon demon right it's, oh man i can't remember his name <laughs> yeah yeah there's a really prominent mashup artist yeah that takes two songs and puts them together danger mouse did it on the gray album yeah, yeah. you know i yeah. think that's a, an influence as well probably mm. in that same respect i used to make mixtapes. <laughs> really no no not because i used to get a song and just fade it into other songs and that would be it so like, it was, like kind of djing barely and i remember getting a comment i used to use like dj hero the app or something whatever whatever it was called and i remember getting a comment saying dj hero fail (laughs) oh what (laughs) i wish that was still there like on my channel because i've made a i've made a new channel since then a couple times over i would love to find this i gotta dig that up that's it uh, that's amazing still existing yeah jesus it'll be up there somewhere but yeah like uh, (laughs) yeah there's a lot to be done i think copy the copyright can really be restrictive 
Yeah. You know, like even on like that Danger Mouse album you mentioned, like he doesn't, mm. I had to go buy a bootleg vinyl release because there's never actually been a press release of it or an actual pressing, sorry, because copyright. Yeah. You can't yeah. get, except like Jay-Z and the Beatles, like mm. you're not going to get them to say, okay, something yeah. like that, you know? It's a really tough one because on one hand, like mm. we definitely, you know, artists deserve to make money, make a living yep. from their work. Yep. But on the same at the same time Mm. copyright laws are so archaic Mm. and just they just don't work if you remember a few years ago Katy perry got sued Mm. by this christian rapper called flame who was like no no no, you stole dark horse from me (laughs) and yeah and they found out that there was this one little like backing synth line in dark horse that was like kind of close to the same melody yeah for like 10 seconds and yeah and that was a successful lawsuit. Oh, my God. And Katy Perry lost royalties, if I remember correctly. To the whole song? Uh, I'm not entirely oh, sure if it was yeah, like what the legal outcome was, but it was, wow. yeah, he successfully sued Katy Perry for Dark Horse. <laughs> and it's like, well, at that point, everything is copying. Like, yeah, you know, we, we on a piano, there's 12 keys, you know, there's only so many combinations of them. Yeah. It's, it's not, a messed up industry. It really is, yeah. Yeah. And um, but it's just crazy, like stuff like wildflower exists. Yeah, know, it's really lucky that it does. Twenty sixteen, you know, yeah, because like, they they manage not to rip off anything. Yeah, three thousand samples, and they they don't. <laughs> none of them are like mm. just direct influences from one source. Yeah, so I think that's really its strength. Yeah, but um, to sum up, you no, know, if you go into the album, I'd absolutely recommend it. Mm-hmm. I think the standout tracks are Subways. Because I'm me and Frankie Sinatra, the mm-hmm. signal, the single, yep, singles, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, if I was a folk star, mm-hmm. and um, Saturday Night, Inside Out, I think those tracks are just like, it, like they're all amazing in their own way, and uh, have very very specific vibes. But yeah, no, I am. Um, I'm definitely gonna. It's definitely gonna be an album that I listen to a lot more going forward. I'm very happy. So thank you Eventually. for coming along today. Oh, thank thanks you for, for having me on to <laughs> no. talk shit about your football team, football team. and your favorite band. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I got some more. I got more where that came from. No, no. Find really, out what else you. I like. <laughs> 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 uh, but no oh, thank you so much I know it, it, it's a big thing to come out here and talk in front of a microphone for what, an hour and 20 we've been talking oh well month, it's pretty so, yeah no, it's cool yeah I appreciate it man it's always good to hang out and always good to like pick your brain on music very well, interesting oh, likewise to you <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah. alright well I will well, thank you everyone for listening to episode 4 I'm looking at Cal while doing this outro it's not awkward <laughs> at all just a, a nice eye contact while do- oh that's good I'm having a bit of a stare more. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm just gonna leave it there all right thank you everybody thank all you right. and thank you sir for being here stuff your hair is getting very long it's very long boy. yeah i need a haircut <laughs> <laughs> all right all right do you want to get a drink or something are you good i'm all good you feeling all right yes yeah,